these tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Hey, welcome to This Is Your Afterlife. I'm Dave Marr, your host. And in this show, I talk to comedians, artists, activists, people who use their imagination for their livelihoods. And I ask them to imagine the afterlife. In this episode, I am talking to Annie Donnelly. Annie Donnelly is, no qualifications necessary, one of the three funniest comedians that exists. I would add the provision that you might not have heard of, but I don't think that's necessary. To me, it is top three living, period. You know, maybe there's some historical people in there who top her, but that's all I need to say about Annie. Yes, I'm biased, but come on, I've been around. I see shit. I have good taste. I'm not that biased. I'm not that. I mean, I would say like, well, she's one of my good friends, but I wouldn't say like top three, period. What? Yes, Annie is hilarious. I've linked to some of her videos in the show notes, please check those out, especially the hour-long special she did for the Chris Gethard Presents series on cable access in New York. That show was called Uncanceled, and it was a seminar for men's rights activists to get their groove back in the age of Me Too. And it was hosted by her, and it is incredible. Annie is one of the most influential comedians on most of your favorite online comedians. If there's someone you watch who makes front-facing camera videos or little sketches, I guarantee you they might not even realize that there's some Annie Donnelly influence there. I know Annie from Chicago. We are pals. She lives in Brooklyn now. I think Brooklyn. Definitely New York. I'm almost positive. It's Brooklyn. Who cares? They're, what, they're the same thing. We don't need to get all up in arms. Uh, last thing I need to do is be given more attention to New York. Who cares? New York. The the if, What if it's not the flyover? The fly to state. Whatever. Okay. I'm off track. Annie is incredible. I'm very excited for you to hear this episode. Real quick. We have some new people since last week's episode with Bettina Johnson. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm very happy to have you all. I say guys non-genderedly, inclusively, dudes, folks, peeps. I, I, I take back peeps. People, welcome. If you want to support the show, you can do all the standard things. Please subscribe, rate, review in your apps. Most importantly, I have a Patreon where if you enjoy these conversations, there is a whole other episode's worth of conversations, which if you join my Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash Dave Marr, you can hear all that stuff for very few, less than the amount you tipped your delivery driver for your food on that last order. And if you didn't tip the delivery driver for your last order of food, just stop listening now. That's those are, those are the people I don't want listening to the podcast. Again, I've gotten off track, but I just want to say thank you for listening. 
support the show, watch Annie's shit in the show notes, and enjoy this conversation with Annie Donnelly. I grab your whip and take it back to when I'm in St. Peter at the gates of heaven. He's like, Annie Donnelly. Okay, that's a that's a common name. So I I'm not you don't need to make your case. You're definitely on my list, but can you just help me clarify which Annie Donnelly you are? Okay. I'm the one who is on stage uh performing for people, desperately trying to get a laugh, pulling my pants down, pulling out my tits when I feel like the joke is going nowhere. I am the one who feels like she has to so please the the party and pull out all the stops. You know I would do anything for a laugh. You know I'd poop on a dish. You know that I would I would ruin somebody's property if it made one of my good friends laugh. <laughs> I don't know if any of the other Annies are like that. I like to think most of the Annies I've met are like cool, like nature down, like granola munching. You know, assholes and (laughs) that's interesting. Do you feel like an atypical Annie then? Do you feel like your uh, name doesn't fit you? I feel like I'm an Annie with a twist. I got a, I got a, I got, I'm mostly Annie running through my blood, but I got this like thirst to, uh, to, uh, be a buffoon. Have you ever gone by Anne? No. That sounds insane to me to think of calling you Anne. Really? I, I yeah. like the idea of Anne, uh, but I think I am an Annie, right? I mean. Anne just has a calmness to it that I, and not just a calmness, like a plainness, a plain calmness. Yeah. That I yeah. cannot get close to associating with you. But wouldn't it be fun if like somebody's name had like the opposite was it opposite sounding name of their personality? Like, does that work? You know, sure. Like, What's like an example though? Like if my name was Anne, but I was just like even more bonkers than I am, would that work? It's like, Oh, you know, Anne, she's out there in Times Square and she's showing her tits to the blue man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, is there a, the blue man? Is there like a blue man group oh, guy in to- Times Square? <laughs> There's not. There's. I was trying to think of the naked cowboy. Naked oh. cowboy. <laughs> just a, <laughs> just a rogue that. blue man group member who, <laughs> who you're trying to impress. He got away from the crew, and you're just like trying to get a laugh from this guy. You're like showing him your tits, and everyone's like, "Who is this couple within this weird fight?" I hope you find your friend. Here's my. <laughs> That's like some old school New York style, man. You got that that 1970s New York energy with that. Oh, man. Okay. So now we'll we'll do a pivot. And I'm just going to ask you to tell me what do you think happens? No. No. Oh, my God. I almost asked it the wrong way. What do you hope happens when you die? I hope that we will go into some sort of room, our souls will, and that we will gain all of the knowledge of the world and how it works and how human beings are connected to that. And we'll know every single answer to anything 
and beyond. Questions we can't even fathom, you know, human beings can't even fathom. We would just know it and it would be uh, peaceful. And then we would choose our next body and be somebody else for a lifetime. Back on Earth. Or somewhere else. But, but in, in this but alive universe. In the, in the consciousness, yes. Yeah. And would you – so once you start in that other body, I guess, in that other consciousness, is your all-knowing consciousness wiped? Or do you hope get to the room, know it all, and then back down in a new I, suit, knowing yeah, it all still or like, not knowing it all? I think it's not knowing. It's like you get wiped and then it's like – just keep going. I don't think this will happen. This is what I hope will happen. Sure. But what but then why, what makes you hope what's appealing about it? Again, the both about getting the knowledge and then getting the knowledge wiped. Well, okay. So when you go back into the afterlife, you have the new knowledge, you, you know, everything, but you also have that new knowledge of being in that body. So it's like, got it. That's being stored. When you go back into the other body, everything's white. But when you live that new body, right. And you go back to the afterlife, you have retained all of the information. So you're keep, you're going to keep building new information every time you go back. So is this just like past lives theory? Maybe it is. Is it? I don't really know past lives theory. Really? I, cause I talked to Devin Bachrath about this. Do you talk to her about that? No. Because I can't she believe it. she got me after I like right after I woke up from the coma. She got me I think two past life books which were very intense gifts to get like right waking up, right? I'm like just processing all this stuff and she's like, "Yeah, what do you think about this?" And I was like, so panicked reading. I couldn't stop, but I like was so panicked reading this book. Many lives, many masters was the book. Oh, you, you guys okay. haven't talked about this. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Have I you read that of, book? I, I have not. I, um, I kind of wrote it off as, um, uh, just be, uh, people who read that book are just interested in like, Oh, what was I in a past life? And, and isn't it so right. cool? I was like a royal, I was a prince and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I never, I didn't give it a chance in other words. Yeah. Well, it's not that different from what you just described. I get, yeah, maybe I, yeah, I'm an asshole. Okay. I'm an <laughs> no, asshole. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, the book is not that different from the, the, the judgment you had. It basically is just like, yeah, I was a prince. I was a I was a handmaiden. I was a horse. Yes, I but you find my, that appealing. Uh, I do. I think my I had I had listened to a podcast. Gosh, it was such a long time ago. I can't remember it now. Uh, but one of their episodes, uh, they had an expert on who was. Uh, I think he was an expert in um, quantum physics, and he was talking about this the simulation theory where mm. I, I don't know how that differentiates from past lives, but it's essentially that, you know, your body is a simulation. This is a simulation, right? And that it's kind of like a game. And when you, when you die in the game, that's when you're actually really living in the afterlife, but then you get to just like go into a new 
game. Is For that some reason. From- no, I guess it's not that different, but honestly, like for some reason, just the like putting like nerd terminology around it, like immediately turns me off to it. I, I, I have the opposite effect because I'm a big Sims uh, player. For some reason, I was like, this is like the video game, shit. the Sims. Yeah. Yeah. The You're a big game. Sims player. Yeah. The computer game. Yeah. You need to talk to Andrew Tisher about this. How, how much I have. <laughs> Do you still play? I do, yeah. Not a lot. I mean, because I I actually have a, a toddler to raise, and I do feel guilty when Just I like start real life like, sims. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel guilty when I like have a toddler in the game, and it's like, oh, you should you should play with your real kid right now. <laughs> Guilt. Um. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's other questions I have about this scenario i guess what are the sense how what would you want to other than the knowledge what like emotional what feelings would you want to experience in the room i think a peacefulness of being okay with everything as it is and uh you know just love love and and feeling like that warmth of like I'm cared for I care about other people like all those other human emotions we have that are would you want to be with loved ones would I want to be with loved ones yeah yeah I guess but I I don't know if any of that's gonna matter or or be a thing when we're there you know I think it's gonna be like such a Mm. a weird thing that it's like do you, am I going to have that is that relationship I have with my son with my husband with my best friends going to be the same thing when I'm there or is it just like everybody is the same to everybody right sure so I care mostly about what you hope but you said it's different than what you think what do you think happens yeah I guess I'm 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 crossing in between what I what I'm imagining it to be and what I'm hoping it to be are not. So some case. of this is what you actually think. Uh, some of it is, but not all of it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I truly am. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a belief day when I go to bed at night or when I think about death and what happens. I don't, I don't have a belief when I go, that's it. This is what I believe in mm-hmm. for sure. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm uh, trying to progress towards so I can so I can get this end result. I want to take a quick second here to mention this week's fundraiser. If you've spent any amount of time listening to the show, you know that I have a newsletter called Hella Immaculate where I publish essays, I give you some music, and I host weekly fundraisers. This week's fundraiser is for a mutual aid organization called The Love Train. The Love Train is basically one woman in Chicago. Her name is Nita, and she gets supplies like diapers, like baby formula, like staples that families need, goes to high-need areas, and distributes those supplies. And she is raising money on GoFundMe for the ability to do that. So... 
If you want to support the love train this week, I will add it all up and release the total that we donate this week in my newsletter, which you can subscribe to at thisisdavemar.com and donate to the love train. Okay, back to the show. I, I feel like you might have a lot of specific thoughts about this next thing. I just, I want to do funeral planning with you. <laughs> yes. So what do you want there? What do you not want there? Who, give me, give me the whole, set the scene for me. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that I die at an old age. And I think by that time I, I won't have as many friends because, you know, people, people get less friends as they get older. Uh, you move on and people die. Uh, so I'm hoping the folks who do show up um, will remember me by, and even even the young kids, you know, even my great-grandchildren or my grandchildren who didn't necessarily grow up with me, but will know that I'm like a crazy grandma who likes to dance and that none of it will be a solemn thing. It will all be a party and a good time from start to finish. And the only time people will cry is if they're, like on the side of the dance floor. Yes, dance floor. And they're like, oh man, Annie was such a good grandma. She was so good. Oh fuck, this is that Britney song that she used to know the dance to. We better go do it. And they would like learn a, a dance that I know and like perform it in honor of me. Which Britney song would you want people to do a choreographed dance to at your funeral? Work, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And by that time, I'm hoping again that it'll be later in age. It'll be what, 2060 something? So that song will be such an old song. Music is going to sound so different. So when it comes on, it'll be like, look at this stupid old dance. You know, it'll be like, look at this is like the Charleston. <laughs> right, right, right. So you want to start? I, oh, I, go ahead. I hope that there's like a DJ who's playing music that people of that time can enjoy too. So I just want people to enjoy and have a good time. So it's walk into whatever building this is hosted in and dance floor is happening from the start. Yeah. I think uh, I'll be in an urn like at the center or like at the one side of the room. And it's like, you walk in and it's like a DJ welcome to Annie's wedding pew, 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 or funeral. <laughs> Welcome to Annie's funeral. And uh, there's food on the side. It's like, come and go get food as you please. But it's just a, a good time. And, and I think in between dancing, people can make speeches if they want to, but it's not required. Open mic policy. Oh, God. <laughs> Who do you want? Are there any specific people you would definitely want or definitely not want to make speeches? I would want my son to make a speech. I would want... Uh, Carmen Christopher to make a speech. <laughs> Why Carmen? Because <laughs> he'll be old and he'll be like, yeah, I know that I saw that stupid old bitch in Chicago. You know, she talking about her pussy till the day she died. And I think he really gets my flavor. And when <laughs> I would be living through him. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Um, and definitely probably... Julia Cobos and Devin and my best friends. Um, Joey Dundale. I don't know. Maybe he should die first. I think he should die first. Your husband. Like, I think he'd be too sad. Yeah. Mm. So you think you would be 
you would survive. I mean, this is dark, but you'd survive his death better than he would survive yours. Yeah. Hell yeah. I do. I've definitely thought about it. I do think that. What would you want? So you said cremation. Hell yeah. Do you want them? Is this just, do you, how does the dance party end? Like how does the funeral end? Well, I think that on the invite, it's just like the funeral is from, you know, 8 PM to 1 AM. So like at 1 AM, it's like, it's the last dance. (laughs) They're like someone, I don't know, I guess whoever's closest to me at that point, probably my son, he would hold up the urn in the middle of the floor and be like, last dance with Annie. (laughs) Like holding your urn. Holding the urn. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. I think it'd be cool though. I'm they just put it. you in storage or they scatter you somewhere? Oh yeah, I guess I don't have wishes on that yet. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know yet. Okay. Um you know what's crazy is like I mean I don't want to make any assumptions, but that with you having just said that, there now exists the possibility that this will still be on the internet somewhere at that time and that wait it's little joey right it's two joeys right yeah yeah that your son will be able (laughs) you didn't even hear because i can hear him that's him like making noise in the background right yeah yeah that he could like hear that and hear himself making baby noises in the background (laughs) you're sick you're so sick why you're doing it Listen, Joey, if you're listening to this and mom is dead, you just do whatever is easiest and cheapest with my body. If if you can't coordinate getting a good DJ, it's okay. Just have a good time. That's the biggest part. It should feel like a party and not like a funeral. Just spring for licensing to work, bitch, and everything else you can improvise. (laughs) You got it. That's it. I want to request that you choose one memory to relive because the one man show the podcast is based on, I put forth this hypothesis that in the afterlife, you get to choose one memory to relive whenever you want. Kind of like a room. If the afterlife is a room, you get to pop into this other room. There's no rules. You're not like stuck there, but you get to choose any memory you want. You just have one memory though, and you fully relive it. You're not just like thinking about it. But you're like in it. You're in it. What would that be for you? Um, Not to sound cliche, but when Joey Jr. was born, uh, there's so much euphoria in that moment of the actual birth. And it's so much strength and endurance and stress leading up to that moment and then your levels of like endorphins and cortisol and whatever's flying through your body just like counteracts all of it i mean his so wait so where would it start what what's the moment like where does it start building all of that stuff um i think for me it's i'm thinking of a very vivid memory this was like actually he was like two months old and I was rocking him to sleep in my arms and 
I was, it was, uh, the, I was in my room and the lights were off, but I could see his reflection in the mirror. And he looked like what you see when you Google the word baby. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, there's this baby. He looks like such a little doll. And I remember looking at the reflection and seeing like what I would see on a computer screen of like, oh, there's a baby. And I looked down at him and I was like, he's right there and it's real and it's mine. And I just started singing, ain't nothing like the real thing. That is so cliche. (laughs) I started singing it and just tears were pouring out of my eyes. But it was, it was a, it's just the mothering uh, feeling that is, you can't compare it to anything else. Uh, Just a beautiful, like special loving, happy, joyful moment that I could, I wish I could relive. I wish I could relive because it was so precious. It's so rare. And, and yeah, you can't get that from any, anything, dude, you know, you gotta have a baby to get that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) what you, what you said though, when you started talking, I thought you were talking about actually giving birth, but you're just saying those chemicals and everything are running for months. Yeah, I think that that I, I actually was was listening to something yesterday that said when the mothers still have like those cortisol levels in their bodies, so they don't actually sleep for the first I don't know six seven months of a baby's uh, life, um, and they're alert and they're awake because those hormones those levels haven't equalized and you're not back to normal yet. Uh, but that's just nature doing its thing that's just your body doing the natural beautiful thing it's supposed to do so yeah you're all fucked up (laughs) well and it's interesting too that it's like he's there but you're not there's no dialogue it's not a memory where you're talking to someone it's a memory that's internal where like all the actions Mm. happening like in your mind yeah, but and, and in this specific one, he was sleeping. But there is a, a transferring of love from mother to baby, and the only thing they can do when they're that young is receive love. You know, they're not capable of feeling uh, mad or I want this yet. They don't have those emotions when they're that young, or those feelings when they're that young. So I think even when they're sleeping, they can feel that connection of love that's going from mom to child. And I think that we were feeling that with each other, even though we weren't speaking, but yeah, yes. To answer your question, we were not speaking. It was all internal, but there was a lot being felt. Yeah. Where do you feel it in your body? Um, like upper chest. And what is it? Is it like a pressure? Is it like a heat? Is it a cool? Uh, it's a heat for me. Yeah, it's a heat. Yeah. And then it, (laughs) it just like rises up and the waterworks come out. Okay. And you get, when you're giving it to the baby, where does it feel like the baby's receiving it? I realize we're like physicalizing something, but I'm like, I'm just fascinated by this idea, right? That like, I don't doubt the truth that like you can't understand what it's like to have a kid unless you have a kid. But I also think there's an element of that 
that people are just like, I mean, I can imagine <laughs> having an experience that I've never had before. You know what I mean? Not, I'm not yeah, like yeah, yeah. claiming authority, but like, it's not out of the realm of imagination. <laughs> so I'm just very curious, like a physically how it feels, where it is. And then B, if you had had other experiences that were kind of like it to like an exponentially less level. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, Dave. I think that you can imagine and there's ways to put it into words and just not write it off as like, you wouldn't understand. You don't have it. You don't have, you're not a mom. It's all to me. It's almost like anxiety, uh, rising up. Um, but the twist on it is that it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's this anxiety of like, oh, I'm so nervous. What the fuck am I going to do? I have this thing. I have to protect it. It's all I, it's my love. It's me. It's, it's my partner, but there's also a, a, a calmness that suppresses it as well. So it's like this packaged thing, mm. um, that is just like very forward foreign like you don't have this with other relationships so it's you don't even know what to do with it uh or how to to process it so i don't know for me it gets i i get really anxious and hot and but it's also like uh <laughs> a relief too like it's a euphoric relief oh, like a climax in a way but not sexy feeling <laughs> is it and it just occurred to me. I really how, hope my kid doesn't listen to this when I'm dead. I mean, statistically, I'm telling you, based on the numbers right now, barely anybody's listening. So <laughs> the idea that he's listening in 40 years is pretty low. Um, but but is um, it's kind of wild to be a person, and I say this in the exact same boat, but a person still seeking so much validation performatively artistically after having that experience. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a full on read. That's a read. I'm reading motherhood to filth, baby. <laughs> you are. No, this mother specifically. <laughs> but how do you, how do you, do you make sense of that? Uh, I, 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 you really, you really smacked me in some hard truths right here. Um, yeah, I think it's changed for me a bit. I think I'm not the same, same gal who was performing in Chicago and in and, and New York before having the baby. What changed? Uh, um, just, just no time for, um, niceties or not, not, not that I'm just like, uh, shove people off, but, uh, social norms just aren't as important to you anymore. And it's like, if I don't, uh, say this thing to this person at this moment or hang out for this amount of time, uh, maybe I won't get asked to do this show. None of that shit matters. You're just like, I got a life to protect, you know? Um, so that, that kind of changes you. Like you don't, uh, you don't have time for shit. Yeah. But you didn't, um, really have much time for shit before. So that's No, I think I care I think I did care more about what people thought of me and making sure that I was doing things the right way. I still give a damn about that, just I think on a less 
on a lesser level. If all of a sudden, even, even the goofy shows, you can't be on those, would you be like, Jesus, okay, now I have to be a mom and do social niceties? Would Could you imagine doing that? Or would it just be like, well, I guess I'm going back to grad school or whatever? Oh, oh man. I've definitely thought about this a lot. And my, I think I, my answer right now in this, this moment of my life is I can't give away that part of me that is wanting to perform and, and do comedy. Um, although I was ready to throw it away just because like, what does it even fucking matter? What's more important. And when you had, yeah. Yeah. And just like, I'm not where I necessarily want to be comedy wise. Like I'm not to my, my goal yet. So like, should I turn around now? Because I have almost this excuse now to be like, you can just leave it right now and and start a, a different path for yourself. That's just as admirable. And yeah, I mean, motherhood is a dream and it's a continuous thing. But there's something still unsatisfied in you. You're like, well, it's so fucking hard, Dave. And you know, there any parent would probably tell you this. I would assume that there are moments where you're just like, "Why did I do this? Is this a mistake? Should I give this kid back? <laughs> like, what? Where should I put this kid? I, I can't do this. Someone take this kid. I made a mistake." Um, and I think that is your self, your former self, calling out and being like, "Hey, remember me? Uh, you, you're giving up on me, and I'm still in there." And you you're doing your kid a disservice if you don't show them that you're following your passion and that you're trying to be the best version of yourself you can be. Um, And to be whole, like you have to be whole to give part of yourself to your kid. Only fun stuff now. Okay. (laughs) So kill one thing. Just one thing, ideally a little thing in culture or in daily life that you're just like, I'm going to, if this experience or thing or person, it could, it could be a person, if I, if I could just wipe this off the map, I would be happy. Ooh, a person. Damn, Dave, that is so fucking funny. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> Imagine if someone just said one person. <laughs> That's what I would love. I mean, it's, it's weird to like be proud of of the humor in these questions when they are also sincere but it but i hope people listening realize that it's not just like me just being like so uh name all the people that you hate <laughs> i just think it's so funny like what is it like i remember doing this in chicago right when we're like hanging out you know we'll be at like the upstairs gallery or something and like just being like uh let's just go around and like all say how much money's in our bank accounts, you know, or like, let's just rank oh each God. other uh, from most talented to least talented real quick, just right off the top of the <laughs> I don't know why that's like so funny to me to just be like so brutal and hierarchical and unnecessary, but. I don't know either. There's something that. wrong with you. Yeah. I think it's in you too, though. Yeah. I mean, I am truly trying to think of something I, somebody I want to kill. People come It doesn't to mind, have but- to be a person. <laughs> most people don't say a person i say person as a joke mostly unless you're genuinely comfortable wouldn't you love it if i said a person right now 
yeah, that's such a more more fun answer than like poverty or you don't you know, have to say poverty. There's other fun shit you hate that you would love to get rid of. I yeah, I think I just uh, I want to kill um, front facing uh, character videos. Mm. Um, I think it's lazy, it's sloppy, and it's uh, I cannot believe that it has a place in comedy right now, a real place in comedy right now. Not just because of the pandemic, which I'm sure it's. It, it, it has solidified itself. Oh, but it had it before it, that. Yeah. It had it before that. So it's crazy sorry, because I, I see a, I see a, like an alternate future where you are a very successful front facing camera comedian. Yeah. How do you, what do you, how'd you escape that fate? I don't think I escaped it. Maybe I just like missed an opportunity <laughs> to become famous, but I was like, if that's going to be my door, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not into it. What's lazy about it? I mean, I agree with you, but I want to, I'm asking as if I know nothing about it, but. You know, I can't say it's lazy for everyone, but from the folks that are on my feed, they're in their fucking streetwear. They're coming off of their, they just woke up. They got themselves some food delivered. They're in their bed and they just turn their phone around and they're like, Sunday. It's like you had this idea right now when you turned on your phone and you put no effort into the look. You put no effort into like uh, twisting the joke. Like we get it. It's your mom on a Sunday. What else you got? For five minutes you're going to have me watch this? Lazy. It's not good comedy writing and it's and it's not a good visual either. So, so, so you can do a voice. You can do you can do <laughs> You can be pushing your own child around in a stroller demanding to see the lamest presidential candidate um, <laughs> take credit for his. Listen, somebody else filmed that. That was not for facing. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they could put that level of effort in. They could sacrifice their own yes. family to make fun of Pete Buttigieg. Listen, that took like a couple days of filming. We edited it. Did it bum you out when he didn't have a longer career? Were you like, man, I was really banking on more Buttigieg content? Yes, but he's coming back with a vengeance, isn't he? I know. Pete, I know. Pete, Pete ain't sleeping, honey. Don't sleep on Pete because he's he's wide awake. Do you have uh, – what's his husband's name? Chasen Buttigieg content? Chast- Chastin. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard him sp- speak. Have you? Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about him. He's a cuck, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) That is Annie Donnelly. And that is only the tip of the iceberg of her comedic oeuvre. Follow her at Annie the Queen Donnelly on Instagram, but on Twitter she's at Annie Asqueef. That's her handle. Follow me at This Is Dave Marr everywhere. Subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr, and get way more of this content plus a bunch of other great stuff. Support the show. Tell a friend about it. Thank you so, so, so much for being here, for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Have faith. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do.